You're listening to a message from Canby Foursquare Church in Canby, Oregon. We pray that this message will be an encouragement to you. Visit canbyfoursquare.com to learn more. Well, I have to say, uh, it wasn't my, my idea. It's a good idea. It's not, it's not a bad idea to make babies and candles, uh, dedicating babies and lighting candles in the same service. But we're going to do it, and we're going to do it safely and well. And it'll be fine. If not, come just to watch what happens <laughs> that Sunday, the 19th. It could be a lot of fun. Well, um, good morning. Like Pastor Ron said, if you don't know me, my name is uh, Ryan Egley. I grew up at this church, thankfully. It was a lot of fun. And I am blessed. I get to lead our next-gen ministry, so I get to help run young adults, uh, high school, and middle as well. And I'll just tell you, uh, I just love what I do. Uh, I love working with uh, our youth team. Uh, and all the team here at the church, it's such a blessing, and we, it's so good to work with. Uh, our, I'll say, I say our students, but your students, um, especially even people watching online. Like, we pray for your students if they haven't been back yet because of safety. We get it, but just know that they are being prayed for as well. I want to start this morning by asking, does anyone remember, I think it was a few weeks ago now, it might have been a month ago, when I've been writing this sermon for a while, it's been over a couple weeks, so who remembers the crazy windstorm we had a few weeks back, though? Like, I... Sabrina told me there was a wind advisory, and I was like, it's not going to be that bad. I'm like, it was with the wind advisory, Sabrina, we're not in the gorge. And then I remember walking outside the door, and I remember uh, like a pine, like a branch flying by me. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to stay inside. Because does anyone else walk outside during a crazy storm just to feel how crazy it is? I, it's a, it doesn't make sense, but I, I know some of us do it. I do it all the time, especially with snow. And like, it's a downpour, and it's starting to pile up, and I just, I have to run through it. I can't help it. Um, but I remember I just almost got hit by this branch and thinking, I'm just going to close the door. This storm's a little too crazy. But how crazy and how we feel like sometimes in life when we're going through this really just storming or stormy season, and it feels like every time we walk out the door, every time we wake up in the morning, a branch is just flying by our face, a tree's about to fall on our house. However dire of a situation you're in, but we feel like we go through these seasons where we can't do anything without something going wrong, or everything is hard, we're struggling. These happen. These stormy seasons, they happen. And, the, and what's crazy is sometimes the effects of storms can be seen for days and weeks or months after the storm leaves. Uh, and what's funny is there's a really funny story I have, and I have to share it because I want to, it, it has to do with what I'm talking about. So I'm not just sharing a story for the sake of sharing a story. But my dad is one of the, is, he was a, he's an amazing dad. I had the best, one of the best dads growing up, if not the best. Uh, but he is a very, he's the type of guy who, like, you have to learn your lesson, like, in the moment, and you have to learn, like, kind of while you're doing it. He's not going to take, not take advantage of a lesson if he can teach you something. Uh, and when I got my permits at 15, there was a, a crazy storm not that long after. I, my birthday's in June, too, so it was, like, this weird, crazy summer rainstorm. And he grabs me, and he says, get in the car, we're going for a drive. And I was like, right now? And he said, yes, you're going to learn to drive in the rain. And we got in the car, and I remember we drove for probably 30 minutes or more away from our house in this torrential, like one of the crazy downpours. And uh, we turn around. So he's like, okay, now we're going to go home. It's getting kind of crazy. And I said, okay, that's great. I want to go home. I did not ask to be here. Uh, and then he, but as we turn around, as I'm driving back, we're about 30 or plus minutes away from the house, and he turns off my windshield wipers. And I remember like, I looked at him, and I think I said these words. I said, don't do that. And I turned them back on. And then he looked over and he, he flipped them back off. He said, no, you leave them off. There may be a day when these don't work and you're going to want to know how to do this. And I remember thinking in that moment, we need somehow, sometimes we just need to know how to see through the storm, how to weather the storm, and how to push through it. Even if we can't, we don't feel like we can see, or even if we feel like we can't do it. 
we've got to know that there's got to be a time in our life where we push through and find out with God's help we can do these things. With God's help we can lean on him and we can stand firm when the storms of life come and we can look through it, even if we can't see the end. But when God's right next to us and we're standing firm on that, we can push through. And so my life has been full of these kind of seasons. It still is uh, full of storming seasons. Uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's not, it's easy, but it's not always been easy. I didn't always respond well. Uh, I can say that wholeheartedly and confidently. And this is what we're looking at this morning. How do we stand firm when the storms of life come? So uh, as we've been making our way through the book of Philippians, we're now in Philippians chapter 4. We've been going verse by verse, which I love. Like, I don't think we've skipped a single verse in Philippians. And we've been talking about what it really means to be confident. Like you see on the screens, or if you... Uh, if you've been in, you see our, our stages, but what it means to be confident, and even in verse 6 in chapter 1 where it says, confident in this very thing that Jesus who began a good work in us will complete it. And that doesn't just mean, like, he started a good work when we were born, and we're going to live a full life and die, and he's going to complete it. No, like, every good work he starts in us, he's going to complete. Um, and the good news is that we can continue in the fact that storms, and be confident that storms have an ending. Ultimately, all storms come to an end. Even the longest ones. Some of the the most dangerous, crazy storms throughout human history all came to an end. And at the end of those storms, what's great, I love when a storm ends because you see the light break through the clouds a little bit. Like, and especially when you get the beams, just the, just the beams starting to poke through. And you just, you feel hope. So today we're going to start uh, this fourth chapter as we learn how to receive that hope during this life's storms. How do we stand firm so if, we're, if you've got your Bibles, we're going to open up to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to read the all, not the whole chapter, just the first seven verses this morning. And we'll look at how to stand firm when the storms of life come. So Philippians chapter 4, it'll be up on the screens or on your TVs if you have the luxury of being in your pajamas this morning. I am a little bit jealous. We're going to read Philippians 4, 1 through 7. So just follow along with me here. It says, uh, this is Paul writing, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord. In this way, dear friends, I plead with Yodia and I plead with Sintichi to be the same mind of the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side and the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of the co-workers whose names in the book of life. And he goes on to say in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to god and the peace of god which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in christ jesus that's good news first of all that's i love that verse because it's very good news there's a lot of good things we can take from that and say wow we can really trust god like there's a lot to take in there but first off let's look at just how much paul loves these people he calls them his joy and his crown, and that they are, they are a precious part of his life. He, Paul, when he's writing to the church in Philippi, he wants them to find hope. He wants them to succeed. He wants them to be able to weather these storms, and that's why he's writing this to them. He cares for them, and Paul challenges them to stand firm, like I said in that verse, to stand firm here in verse 1. But what is he even asking them to stand firm on? In the verse, he just says, stand firm on this. If we want to look at what that is, we've got to go back to chapter 3. And we can see in verse 7, Paul says of chapter 3, but wherever were gains to me, I now consider a loss for the sake of knowing Jesus. And to see that we, we can look at the context of what verse uh, 7 says here, and that this is the importance of the context that we're saying, and it shows us what, 
we should be standing firm on. Like, not just how to stand firm, because we could talk about how all day, but if we don't even know where we're standing, we don't know where we're standing. Has anyone ever been told, like, go stand over there, and you're like, okay, I'll go stand in that giant empty void of space you told me to stand in. That happens to me far more often than you think. But shows us where we stand. We stand firm knowing we have a Savior who, has, who makes everything fruitful, who makes everything new, and it's, it's still in the midst of all that good stuff is a loss in comparison to knowing Jesus. Not just as any Savior, but as the Savior who filled every need we have, and even all the needs we didn't know we needed filled. He took care of us, and he, he thought about us. He thought about everything we would need. And he came and he filled those needs. This is where, this is what we stand for on every day, church. When even in the storm, when the storms come, our foundation is on the rock of the knowledge of Jesus. And this morning, Paul shows us, we're going to talk about three ways where Paul shows us to stand firm on that declaration of faith in Jesus. And, and these are all, these are all actions that we can take, we can take from us today and from here today and say, hey, we're going to, I'm going to stand firm on this in some way. So my challenge to say is, today is, you don't have to do all three, just choose one at least. But if you can do all three, like, good for you. Love it. I love to see it. But if you feel like this is going to be hard for me, uh, Ryan, I don't know if I can do all three. Choose one this morning to really, to really stand firm on. But I, we, obviously, I'd love for you to do all three. But even I don't think I'm capable of all three, so we'll just, that disclaimer. But first, sorry, first Paul tells us this, okay? He tells us that we stand firm by choosing peace over conflict. So when storms come, when you're in a storming season and you feel like nothing's going right, or maybe your relationships are in the tank, uh, your relationship with your husband or your wife or your friends or your boss, uh, your father, your mother, whatever, there will be people in our, in our lives who we just don't see eye to eye with. It just happens. For me, personally, I'll share this for me, um, people that I never will probably ever see eye to eye with are people who love to be up early. And I will say this, like early risers I don't see eye to eye with. I kind of have to be up early naturally usually because of kids, but people who just enjoy being awake at like 5 a.m., like the ungodly hour of 5 a.m., I will never see eye to eye with that mindset. And I'm okay with it, and I hope they are too. And if you're an early riser and you're here and you're offended, I apologize. Come talk to me afterwards. We'll, we'll, we'll dispute it. But there are people who have no reason to hurt you, hurt us, or, but do so anyway. You know, and, and in those moments, what do we choose to do? What do you choose to do? How do you choose to respond? There will be people who betray you, people who use you. There will be people who burn you really bad. We cannot control what other people do to us, which is obviously frustrating. But we, and we cannot control the person who maybe cuts us off on the freeway or if there's that one person at work you just, we just can't stand. I've got a couple of those. Yeah, that was a joke. I don't actually have those people here. I love my, my coworkers. You know, or if there's a person at school who just really grinds your gears. Church, we, we cannot control what other people do, but the one thing we definitely can control is how we choose to respond. When we respond, do we choose peace over conflict? When we're standing from the storm, are we choosing that peace or are we choosing conflict? Or do we return conflict when someone comes at us with more conflict? Or this is the worst one. This is the worst one, and I can say we've probably all done this. When someone comes at us with peace, do we return that peace with just nothing but conflict? And as his church, as his people, I, I, I think I can say wholeheartedly that's probably not the right choice. And I actually um, have a, I have two older brothers, and my, my, one of my older brothers, his name's Chase, he's only, only a year older than me, 
And when I say only a year, I mean like basic, like literally a year and seven days. That's how close it is. Not like, oh, he's 18 months. No, just a year and a week. So him and I are very close, rightfully so, not just in age, but also just in relationship. And we had been our entire lives. We were like every, every Hallmark movie or whatever good feel movie you see about two brothers who grew up together, wrestling, adventuring together, their, their dogs running behind them, they're climbing trees, jumping out of trees, you know, shooting each other with BB guns. Has that happened? Um, that was us growing up until we got to high school and there was a season in high school when I, I, I was a junior, he was a senior, because again, we're so close, that him and I had a very storming season and a very storming part of our relationship. And I remember thinking back on this season, just being like frustrated with everything he did. He was frustrated with everything I did. And it all came to a head one day. And I remember we were both driving to school because a lot of times we, we carpooled together uh, because we were driving from our house to the high school and back. And I remember he was fighting with me about driving his truck. And I was like, I'm just going to drive my truck at this point. And he's like, no, my truck has no gas. So like, you need to like help me pay for gas because I drive you and I... It's, it was, it, it, what we were arguing about is not even important, but I remember what happened was, is I slammed his truck door, and it was an older truck, so was mine, and the mirror broke off and crashed on the ground and cracked and broke. And that must have been, like, the moment, like, when in movies where you hear, like, the glass crack and, like, people lose it, uh, it literally happened. And I remember walking away just upset and mad, and I don't remember if he threw the first punch, but I remember being sent to the ground, and then rolling up and going, it's on. And I got off the ground, and I punched him back, and he, we, we wailed for about two minutes. The, this is the only fight I've ever been in in my entire life was with my brother. The only time I actually punched someone in the face, like barehanded, was with my brother. And I remember at the end of the fight, about two minutes, we just took a deep breath, because we were both laying in the street in front of our house. And we, I got up, got in my truck, and just drove off. And I wish I could say that was the end of it, but there was about another year or so's worth of disagreements. Never came to that point again, but I remember being in this season where I feel like I could have done better, and I did not respond to conflict with peace. And my brother did not respond to conflict with, with peace either. We were, we were both responding conflict with conflict for about two years. And so at one point, he graduated high school, I graduated high school, and we sat down and we said, what are we doing? What are, what are we even doing anymore? And until we, until we approach that place of peace, this is what we'll experience. This is what we'll experience. I realize I didn't respond well. My brother didn't either. But I've learned a better path at this point. We've, we can learn a better path. We would be foolish to think that the hard times, church, uh, and those storming seasons are unique to just ourselves. They happen to all of us. And they happen in the Bible. They happen in this book, too. There's a lot of them. And in, in Philippians here, we see this conversation between Yodia and Sintichi, who he, Paul says, hey, bring these two women together because they are valuable to the gospel. And something's going on between the two of them that we need to solve. Paul literally, he's writing to the church in Philippi and he's saying, what's happening in the church between these two women needs to get solved. There needs to be peace. We got to have peace here so that this church can move forward. So our people can move forward. And whatever is coming at us does not determine, church, how we come back at it in return. We can stand firm in the storms by choosing peace over that conflict. This is where I failed my brother, and I, I, don't, I didn't even make it to points two and three of, like, what I'm speaking on this morning. Like, I didn't even get past point one, so 
But this is what Paul was saying to the church of Philippi. You want to continue to move forward. You want to continue to stand firm. You want to grow. Choose peace over conflict. Matthew chapter 5, verse 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And whether we realize it or not, being a child of God is what we're all living for. We're striving to be. Jesus tells us to look at the kingdom of God through the eyes of a child for a reason. Most kids will believe anything we tell them. But to be a child of God does not, and to have a childlike faith does not mean just to believe anything, but to believe God. We have to be willing to believe that peace is the right choice over conflict. If, we, if we're not willing to believe it, we're not willing to act on it. We have to be willing to believe that. And Paul says, I plead with Yodia and I plead with Sintichi to be of the same mind in the Lord. And then he goes on to say at the last verse in seven, and that this is the peace that of God which transcends all understanding will guard our hearts. So at work tomorrow, or maybe at school tomorrow, or in your home tomorrow, choose peace over conflict, church. Be of the same mind. And uh, Paul also suggests, uh, if we continue moving forward, the second point, Paul says that we can stand firm by choosing praise over complaint in the midst of our struggles. Uh, And I'll say this, everything we learn from the Bible is so much easier said than done, but Paul lays it out pretty clearly here, and it's really easy to complain It's not so easy to rejoice. But he says, rejoice in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice. And see, a lot of struggles don't seem significant, church, when we are in the presence of God. It's kind of hard to be worried about something and stressed about something when you know you're experiencing the goodness of God. It's always so freeing to see people worship, and even here on Sundays or even outside the church, just so wholeheartedly, when we know we've all, got, we've all got our stuff going on. We've all got our storms raging personally in our lives, but it's always so fulfilling and like warming to come into a building or even outside the building and just worship next to people who you know, we all know, have our own stuff going on. In fact, Paul is saying here, if we continue reading that, when we live a life of praise, we are near to the Lord and he is near to us. And he leads us to realize that we do not have to be anxious for anything in verse 6. And so God's presence, what once seemed like a mountain, now seems like a pebble. And God's presence, what once seemed like the wildest, craziest storm raging around us, now seems like a beautiful clear day. If we're choosing praise over worry, or sorry, praise over complaint. Do we thank God in the hard times, church? Because we can praise God and, and that much we definitely can do, especially here on Sundays, but there's nothing stopping us from doing that. And it, it's hard sometimes, and might be awkward sometimes too, if you're doing it outside the building. It's really easy to praise God inside the church building around a bunch of other people who are also praising God. It's very hard, and it's much more awkward or difficult to praise God when it's hard out there in the world, when people might be seeing you who might be more skeptical. And there are definitely times when that, that uncomfortable praise of God is, is there, but Honestly, do we thank him for the good times? Do we thank him for the hard times? We, we live a life of praise by giving God the ultimate glory for everything. We worship him when we can. We live the, life, the, we live the example when we can. We talk to him when we can. And we talk, I say this to our students a lot, we talk about him when we can. How often do we actually talk about Jesus? Do we talk to Jesus, talk to him way more than we ever talk about him? There are so many ways to live a life of praise. And maybe this morning, when we walk out these doors, or when we go to work tomorrow, or school, or, or in our homes, we start by rejoicing. 
Paul tells us to rejoice and praise God always. He says it twice for good measure. So we know he's serious about this. And in any hard season of our lives, when we feel like we are in the middle of the fiercest storm that has been going on for far too long, we've all been there. We can continue to rejoice in the goodness of God. Because when all hope seems lost, the light breaks through the clouds, and God brings the hope. Even if it's just a little bit at a time, we know it's coming to an end. And it, it all, or all at once, eventually it comes. The hope comes if we choose to rejoice and choose praise over complaint when we're, when we're really struggling. And lastly this morning, church, we, uh, we can stand firm by choosing prayer over worry. This is a big one. Uh, we're trying to teach our students a lot right now to go to God with even the smallest, everything in our lives, even the smallest things. Like, I stubbed my toe today, God. Like, please help me. Don't let this stop me today. Or uh, I need help on this test, God. Or like, I'm really struggling with this relationship. And the small things obviously lead to the big things like we, le- we learn in the Bible. But prayer leads us to this place that, tra- this peace and this place that just transcends all understanding. Paul describes a healthy prayer life and how healthy prayer habits lead us to a peace that, trans- all, that transcends all that understanding like we saw in verse 7. We can stand firm when the storms of life come crashing against us because we know exactly where to go to for our help. We know exactly who to talk to, and that's God. When we have a struggle, when we have, even if it's small, when we have a, a, a burned or a hurt relationship, when we're, we're, we're struggling, we really just want to complain, or when we're worrying and we're anxious for something, the one person we can always go to, no matter what the circumstance, is in fact God. We may not be able to go to someone when we're struggling with a relationship, but we can go to God. We may not be able to go to someone when we just feel like we need to complain or we're, we're, we need to just vent, but we can always go to God. And when we're anxious, especially, we can go to God. Uh, having a healthy relationship and not just a dependent relationship with God will bring the fullest life that we can experience. Uh, and a pendant, not, not a dependent relationship that is Life is good, so God, I'm going to put you here in the back seat, or I'm going to put you in the corner, or in the closet, wherever you put God when you don't need him. I don't know where I would put him, but uh, probably, like, the closet. Uh, We have a good closet, though, so. But a dependent relationship means that we only pull him out when you need him, and then as soon as you're done with him, and as soon as he's fulfilled that need, that's like, okay, God, back to the closet with you. That's the dependent relationship. But a healthy prayer relationship and a healthy relationship with God doesn't look like that. It looks like he's always next to you. He's always right in front of you. He's always leading you and guiding you. And we're always turning to him no matter what the problem, no matter how good it is or how bad it is. He's always right there for us to experience it with us. We don't have to go run and find him and bring him out and like put him in front of us and then like step back for a second. I'm sorry, excuse me. This will help us experience that full life that Jesus talks about in John 10, 10. And this verse has come up far too often in my sermons, and I apologize because I'm probably, I'm sure it came up in my last sermon I spoke here on Sunday, but hopefully you're getting it. It's Jesus talks about how the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, and, but Jesus says, I have come that they may have a life and have it to the full. And Jesus came to bring us that full life, including in that is the blueprint to stand firm when storms come. Jesus did not come to steal, he did not come to kill, he didn't come to destroy anything. He came to build up, he came to make things firm, he came to give us that, that full life. And Jeremiah thirty two seventeen also says this, I love this verse. It says, ah, sovereign Lord, and I wish I, well, I'm going to begin all my prayers from now on with, ah, sovereign Lord, yes, it's me, Ryan. 
You have made the heavens and the earth by the great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. And we can come to understand this fact that nothing, church, is too hard for our God. No storm can come against us and knock us down or tip us over and knock us like down and out when we stand on that rock. That nothing is too hard for our God. Surrendering things over to prayer and, and by extension over to God leads us to a direction of peace. Because you see, everything we're talking about this morning, everything Paul was pointing to, culminates in verse 7 where he says, hey, and all these things point to that peace which transcends all understanding. And I actually want to show you this picture that I found when I was thinking about this sermon and I was really praying about what I wanted a visual for what we could, what we could look like if we were to be standing firm when the storms are around us. And I found this lighthouse. And I've never been a big fan of lighthouses. They're not like my favorite thing, but I loved this picture. Because if you look at this photo, despite what is happening all around this lighthouse, the waters are rising, the clouds are coming in, there's lightning striking, the seas are crazy, but that light is still turned on. The person inside there is still doing their job despite what's happening all around them. They're, the light is still shining, ships still know where they're supposed to steer clear from, and that light is burning brightly because the person in there, despite the storms going on around them, is still there standing firm and doing what they're supposed to be doing. Church, the response of the non-believer is that they cannot and they just they don't understand the peace we can have. How we could stand in the lighthouse during the storm and keep the light shining bright. This is what Paul was saying. The peace of God transcends anything we can, under, we can understand even and definitely that someone who doesn't believe could understand. We do that through a life of prayer and choosing prayer over worry. We get to stand firm when, when our life looks like this by choosing just to go to God, pray, ask him for help. And not just ask him for help, but maybe just talk it out with him. Talk out your struggles. Maybe even just put it, put it out loud to voice. And maybe you've never voiced it to someone else before. And just saying, God, this is what I'm struggling with. Do, do something or help me do something. Because we, we don't, we don't want to just sit in a storm like that. Obviously, that storm's going to break and that lighthouse is going to be fine again. But are we going to stay in the lighthouse and keep the, our lights shining bright? Are we going to let the world see? Or are we going to abandon ship and leave when the storm comes and just do our own thing? Paul shows us that we can do these things that we are choosing. When we do these things, we're choosing that rock over the sand. You know, Jesus said, build your house upon the rock and stand firmly on the confession of Jesus right here. Not the sand where the waters come up, the storms hit, the rain falls, the wind comes, and it gets knocked over because the foundation was sand. Here is the deal. No matter who we are, the winds come. The rains come. It hits all of us. The storms start to rage. God tells us, so he, he, he t Jesus tells us that things will be hard. There, everything will not be peachy and easy all the time. He's telling his disciples, like, you're going to go through some really hard times. He tells us, you guys are, you are going to struggle. The storms are going to come. But in that time, do we choose to stand firm on the rock or do we choose to walk away and not shine our light anymore and not be the beacon, a beacon of hope? Church, we can choose prayer over conflict and, and acting it out. We can choose to praise in the midst of our struggles, acting it out. And we can choose prayer over worry and act it out. It's more than just hearing about it on Sunday morning and saying, that's good, Pastor. I'm going to go home, and uh, when I go to work tomorrow, uh, the person who really, really, really bugs me, I'm still just going to probably be indifferent. 
It's a choice we get to live out, and it's a choice we have to make or not make. Because we can, we can, I can preach a perfect sermon up here, but if, if I don't live it out or we don't live it out, it's, it's just white noise. We have to make the choice and the decision and the dedication in our lives to say, I'm going to choose that peace that we talked about. I'm going to choose peace over conflict. I'm going to choose praise in the middle of, of the struggles and the, and the stuff over my complaining. And I'm going to choose that prayer life that when I see God, when I really strive for him and I'm, I'm struggling, I'm going to say, God, you've got this. I'm letting you take over. Over on my worry and my anxiety and my stress. Not that we're just expecting it all to be fixed overnight. But we're saying, God, I'm trusting you with the process you're going to walk me through. Because a storm doesn't always end the first day it starts. Some storms last a day. Some last a month, a year. Some, some storms last an, last an entire lifetime. But the good news is, especially for those storms that last a lifetime, there are little bits of hope sprinkled in until it's finally done. And church, the question I have this morning as we close is, do, do we want to, do you want to understand that peace? It's as easy as looking at this scripture and reading, read, go home and read it again and saying, we're going to choose that peace this morning. We're going to choose that kind of life this morning where we act it out, where we surrender things over to God, where we, we seek him for our struggles. And yet, some of us in this room might be going through a storm right now. But are we going to go home and let, let the storm keep raging? Or are we going to go home and be part of the solution to walk through it? And like the raindrops on the windshield of my car as a 15-year-old kid, even though we, you can't see where you're going, you're trusting that God's going to help you or that someone's going to guide you through. Would you do this with me? Would you pray as we close this morning? Lord, uh, I pray that this would not just sit here and stay in this room this morning. I pray um, for those of us who may be struggling at work, uh, in our relationships at home or with friends and family even, where there might be um, hard times or things going on, especially with Thanksgiving and families come together and fights start over the most smallest of details, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be choosing that peaceful life that transcends all understanding, like Paul says in verse 7, that peace over any more conflict, Lord. Help us to be praising you despite our circumstances and help us go to you and speak to you and talk to you, um, Lord, as we struggle and as we fight through these storms in our lives. We trust you, Lord. I pray that this will be taken into our lives today and we would put it into practice and act it out with the people around us this week. And as we go into this Christmas season, help us be patient with all the crazy shopping and all the, everything else that might happen. Help us be a people of peace. In Jesus' name we pray together. Say with me, amen. Thank you for listening. Please let us know if you have questions or would like us to pray with you. You can contact the church office most weekdays at 503-266-4444 and anytime through canbyfoursquare.com.